Good morning, everyone. This morning we are in Genesis 46, and the word has gotten to Jacob that Joseph is alive and that he is a ruler in Egypt and that he needs to come to Egypt to survive and that Joseph's going to provide for him. So they start journeying to Egypt. And how, how cool is it, you know, Jacob, the deceiver of the past, who we've seen, you know, on the process of sanctification, we see him becoming more holy, uh, more more Christ-like, I guess you could say, even though this is Old Testament era. And on the way, Jacob, God, excuse me, Jacob stops at Beersheba to offer sacrifices to God. Um, he's thankful to God, and he's also probably, man, this is a little probably scary to pack up your entire family and all you have and go to a, a foreign country to live. He still hasn't even spoken to Joseph yet. But isn't that isn't that great that he stopped and offered sacrifices to God and thanked God, probably asked God for, you know, safety on on his journey. Um, we see Jacob just beginning to honor God more and more as he ages. And may that be true of, of us. May we become more more like our Lord as we age. And God spoke to to Israel, to, to Jacob in a vision, and he said, Here I am. I am the God of your the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. Which has been the promise, right? And that's going to, that is such an important promise going back to Genesis chapter 12 that, you know, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation to Abraham and I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. Um, you know, he's going to make him a father of a multitude. That is Abraham. This is a promise. He's going to give him the land. He's going to make his family as many as the stars are in the sky. And, you know, Anyways, I will I will bring I myself will bring you up again and Joseph will close your eyes with his hand. So they're they're leaving the promised land now and going to Egypt. So in a sense the the there's a delay here on Israel um getting the land and receiving the fullness of that blessing. Um but he's being assured one day you know, the family's going to come back. So they go ahead and, and start journeying to Egypt. And here we get this list of all the people in Jacob's family, which is Israel at this point. I guess you could call it the nation of Israel, although they're not really a nation yet. But everyone's going to be listed. And there's so many things that I found really interesting about that this morning. So one, isn't it great that we have a record of something so many thousands of years old? You know, we're 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 four thousand years ago, you know, right now. And to have this kind of a detailed record of who is going up to Egypt with Jacob, what a blessing that is that we have these records recorded in the scriptures. And that God saw fit to place this upon the author to write down this kind of detail. Now, what else is really interesting, though, is, and I think this is partly what God wanted to do in giving us this recording, 
is when you get to <clears throat> verse 26 and 27, it says, All the persons belonging to Jacob who came to Egypt, <clears throat> excuse me, who came out of his loins, excluding the wives of Jacob's sons, were 66 persons in all. And the sons of Joseph, who were born to him in Egypt, were two. All the persons of the house of Jacob who came to Egypt were 70. So 70 people. So I want you to think about this. You know, we're Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? Now Jacob's got his 12 sons. And so this is how far into the journey of this blessing on Abraham's life and the blessing on the nation of Israel. We're only, we're only 70 people strong and, and there's a famine and, you know, they would not have survived this seven year famine. And instead, Joseph gets sent ahead, right, to Egypt through extraordinary means, becomes a ruler in Egypt. He realizes through a dream he needs to save grain. He saves all the grain in the years of abundance. When the famine hits, now just 70 people, very, you know, I mean, you're talking about a 12, you know, man family, but not that many people here. You know, uh, it started with just Isaac, remember? I mean, Isaac was, uh, you know, it took a long time for Abraham to even have the first one. So they have indeed expanded, but it's still a very small band of people. But God says that his blessing is going to be upon this family. And I think one of the things that's happening here is we're seeing recorded how small of a family this really is. And going to Egypt is going to expand this family in ways that who could have thought? And they're going to be here a long time in Egypt. and They're going to be provided for, and, and they're actually going to end up becoming slaves in Egypt. And this is all going to turn into being one of the most grand fulfillments of all time when God brings Israel out of Egypt and out of bondage because they end up becoming slaves to later pharaohs of Egypt. And he's going to bring them out by the horde. I mean, Israel is going to be a, a, a very large group of people that eventually God parts the sea for and they end up in the desert. And then eventually they're going to be strong enough to conquer the promised land and to come back into the promised land. And we're going to see the promise of God to bless this family and expand this family and make them fruitful and multiply. It's all going to happen just as God foretold. And it's starting with just this small band of people that's now coming to Egypt. And yet God is going to bless them immeasurably and expand their number. Um, what a, what a, to see God fulfill his promise, I guess we're just beginning to see that now. And even like, if you've you know, read the chapter before listening to me, you know, Joseph's already confident they're going to give him this great piece of land, Goshen, in the land of Egypt to, you know, take care of their crops. And, and Pharaoh's like all on board. Oh, yeah, give them that great piece of land. And in fact, since they're shepherd people, you know, let them uh, keep after my, you know, herds as well. Put them in charge of that. I mean, like, I would think if you were Pharaoh, imagine this, and 70 people come to you when there's a famine in the land. Like, I know they saved grain because Joseph knew through the dream to do so. But, like, how many people are you wanting to provide for if you're Pharaoh? Like, 
you know, you've got to be a little concerned about like, hey, eventually, you know, we might run out. We got to be kind of protective. Um, but but no, God put it on Pharaoh's heart to give him this land, to bless Jacob's family. I mean, he had such favor in Joseph. He was just bending over backwards to bless Jacob. Well, why? Because God wanted it all to happen. You can just see God's fingerprints on all of this, uh, doing the blessing that that he he said, and you know, <clears throat> really sorry about that when I have to <clears throat> clear my throat. I really apologize. Partially I was sick and partially it's morning. Um, but anyways, moving on, you know, if you, I want to move forward to Romans 11. Romans 11. And in Romans 11, we find out that we have been grafted into the family of God. That we have become, in a sense, a an Israel through Jesus Christ. Because now the true family of God and the blessing of God is upon those who believe in Jesus. And a lot of Israel, a lot of Jews, have come to Jesus and become uh, part of that family. And yet there are Jews who are still considered Israel, the ones who have not come. And and, and indeed, Israel is a nation today that largely, you know, most people that are, obviously, if if you're not a Messianic Jew, if you're just Jewish, you believe in the Old Testament, you don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and they're missing out on, on the blessing. But yet God still has not forgot about them. And I want to take you to Romans 11. And it says in Romans 11, uh, we'll pick it up in, now let's pick it up in verse 23. And they also, now this is referring to essentially Israel, the Jewish brand of Israel, not the church. And they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, and this is unbelief in Jesus now, they will be grafted in. They can be grafted back into the true family of God through Jesus, for God is able to graft them in again. Because they were cut off, do you see? Israel is cut off from the blessing, the, the, the blessing of the church because they have not placed their faith in Jesus. And if they also do not continue in their belief, in unbelief, they will be grafted in again, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you, now he's talking about us Gentiles who who were not part of Israel, were not part of the Old Testament Israel, were not part of the Old Testament family of God, but through faith in Jesus, we've been welcomed into the family of God. For if you Gentiles were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted contrary to nature, see, we were grafted into the family of God contrary to nature, even though we weren't Israel, we weren't Jewish, through faith in Jesus, and we've been a, we've been made into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the Jews, Israel, the nation Israel, those who have not trusted in the Messiah, who are of the natural branches, because they were originally part of God's family, be grafted into their own olive tree? Just as we were grafted in, they can be regrafted in again. For I do not want you, brothers, to be uninformed of this mystery so that you will not be wise in your own estimation. Listen to this. That a partial hardening 
has happened to Israel. So that's what's un, that's what Israel is right now. God's favor is still upon them, but they have they're under a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So at some point when God says, okay, enough people have come to the church, have come to Jesus Christ, have come to know me, and has happened is until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and then so also all Israel will be saved. Just as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob, that is Israel. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. From the standpoint of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, they, Jews, Israel, are enemies for your sake. But from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of their fathers, for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you, Gentiles, were once disobedient to God, but now have been shown mercy because of their disobedience, meaning we've been welcomed into the family of God because Israel's disobeyed in turning to Jesus Christ, so these also now have been disobedient, that because of the mercy shown to you, they also may now be shown <clears throat> mercy. For God has shut up all in disobedience so that he may show mercy on all. So God, what, what am I trying to say? God still has a plan for Israel, and he is, still has a plan for Israel to come to Jesus, to come to know him as Messiah. And that's why we still, as Christians, look out for Israel, because they were part of the original family of God. We've now received the blessing that is to be theirs. But God one day is going to bring more of Jews and Israel to him. It may happen through the tribulation. Um, we won't get into all that right now. That could be debated. But yet, we know that God <clears throat> has not, <clears throat> excuse me, has not given up on them. And God still has a plan for them. And I mean, to see that in such a beautiful way, you know, after Nebuchadnezzar took over Israel and deported Jerusalem to, you know, to Babylon, you know, Israel was never a nation again. They were able to go back through Ezra and Nehemiah and rebuild the temple and walls, but they were not, they didn't have a king, they didn't have a government, they didn't have authority, they didn't have land. They simply were just allowed to go back and live. But the Roman Empire, you know, later on in Jesus's day was fully in control of Jerusalem. The Jews were not in control. They just, you know, had their synagogue and their temple. But but ultimately, they, they were not in charge and they didn't even have a country. So, you know, from 500 BC, when Israel lost being a country for their disobedience to the covenant, uh, the Mosaic covenant, and the consequence of that, they were under the curse of their disobedience. They lost their country in 500 BC. And if you want to see God still having a plan for Israel, it became a country again. In in the 19, what, 46, 7, Israel became a country again. After not being a country for 24, 2500 years, 
it became a country again. And that's what we have in Israel now. And, you know, I do believe that there's still something to be said for the original promise that's on Abraham's family, on Israel, uh, where it said, and I'll go there real quick and we'll kind of close here. And this is why we, you know, first of all, God gave him that land. And it's why we look out for Israel and believe they have a right to exist, by the way. Because, listen to what it says. And Yahweh appeared to Abraham, Genesis 12, Go forth from your land, from your kin, and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. Now listen, and I will bless those who bless you, and on the one who curses you, I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So there is still some some truth in to that passage that we need to look out for God's people, Israel, and bless them. And ultimately, God is going to restore people to faith in Him, and He's got a plan for Israel. So, listen, they have a right to exist. God gave them that land. And God is, it's, it's, it's amazing seeing the plans of God unfold, even through tragedy and hardship. But here, this little family, 70 in all, from Genesis 46, is starving. And God provides for them in Egypt and multiplies them. And that's the nation that we're still talking about today, 2000 you know, 4,000 years later. Um, If that's not a testimony and evidence that God is real, um, well, it is, right? So praise God. Let's trust in Him. Let's keep following Him. Let's keep learning and growing. God is good. His Word is good. God bless you all.